It's Thursday, January 23rd. That's day three of the 54th legislative session for the great state of New Mexico. As committees convene and bills are debated, we're going to take a look into some of the legislative issues that are important to the native community. That's when Antonia Gonzalez from New Mexico PBS joins me. I'm Khalil Colonna, and this is your New Mexico government. It's your New Mexico government. I'm your host, Khalil Ecolona. My guest today is Antonio Gonzalez. He is the anchor and producer of National Native News and a correspondent for New Mexico PBS. Antonio, thank you for being with me today. Glad to be here. Thanks. So we're to talk about some of the legislative issues in this next session that are important to the Native community. Can you give me a broad stroke picture of which issues are the most important? Yeah, so... Either tribal leaders or tribal representatives take part in the annual State of the State Address, and Indigenous people in various capacities take part in the legislative session. Um, There are 23 tribes here in New Mexico, 19 Pueblos, uh, the Navajo Nation, and Apache tribes. And also, I should mention that uh, the Fort Sill tribe has... um, ties to New Mexico and as well as Osleta del Sur, which is in El Paso, Texas. And so there's also a significant urban Indian population. So folks maybe from different tribes across the country are going to school here or have jobs here in the state or are part of the relocation program from the U.S. federal government. So they've grown grown up in New Mexico their whole life, but they may be from tribes from different states. And so... um, Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, pretty much any and all of the issues that she touched on in her address this week are relevant to tribes, uh, education, improving infrastructure. There's many infrastructure needs, especially in rural tribal communities, um, as well as improving law enforcement. Um, There's a huge movement, not only here in New Mexico, but across the state with missing and murdered indigenous women, um, as well as climate change, which she touched on. And so pretty much all the issues that she talked about are relevant to tribes here. Now, which ones are of primary importance, you mentioned that the the greater number of women in the state, uh, Native women who are going be being murdered and missing. And I noticed that she mentioned like changing a few things in the sex offender registration requirements and sex trafficking law. Is that something that's going to be tackled with a, a little bit of an, an emergency and a fervency due to the situation we have going on now? I think that the state has made some progress on that. Um, It's a very complicated issue when it comes to things such as jurisdiction issues, um, reporting of crimes, and uh, also the collaboration and the lack of resources and ruralness and also technology. Um, We look at some of the high-profile cases that were really tragic here in the state and involving missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls, including on the Navajo Nation in Shiprock, where a little girl went missing. And, you know, the family really pushed for bettering technology. And um, the Ashland Mike, on the federal level, a law became named after her. But there are a lot of issues that um, tie into this, um, including resource development with the uh, with uh, you see that bringing you know uh, different worker camps through states that are doing development, how that has an impact on Native women and tribal communities across the country, and so there are a lot of different ways. I think the state is looking to handle this. One um, was last year with the governor. Um, um, introducing the task force on missing and murdered Indigenous women, they've held 
uh, two meetings so far, one last year, one this year, uh, one in Albuquerque and one in Gallup. And so those are really including the voices of Native people in the state. And I think what we hear from tribal leaders and community members and grassroots groups and Native organizations is they need a seat at the table to tackle these issues. So while some tribal leaders, you know, are excited about these initiatives the governor is looking for, um, I spoke with Acoma Pueblo Governor Brian Vallo after the address, and, you know, one of the things he said was that true collaboration with the state is really important on any and all of these issues. And um, Governor Vallo had mentioned how they are having access to her cabinet that Last year at this uh, meeting with the state that a lot of the cabinet um, secretaries were there so that the tribal leaders could have that one-on-one interaction with these um, cabinet members. Because, again, these are sovereign nations that have their own laws, their own way of life, their own culture. Um, I think some of the things that weren't really touched on that much was the protection of sacred sites. Um, Tribes here in New Mexico and across the country are really concerned about protecting uh, Chaco Canyon from development. Um, I know that that is something that Acma Pueblo is very um, outspoken. Um, also, elderly uh, food programs, uh, nutrition and mental health gets, um, I think, overlooked a lot, especially food sovereignty. People and tribes and different Native groups really wanting to go back to food sovereignty issues. Yeah. So I think those are some of the things that really... Um, I didn't hear much of in the speech. I noticed that. I noticed that in some of the measures that she said in her speech, some of the issue and points, it kind of encompasses everyone. She made note not to really single out any individual group that would benefit from some of these these things. She posed it as something that would benefit all New Mexicans and everyone living here. Um, Now, there is a lot of big push about early childhood education and some education reforms. We've got this revenue we've got from oil, the oil boom last year. They want to take this money and start new funds. There's the opportunity scholarship as opposed to the lottery lottery scholarship that they're mentioning. Now, the early childhood education push and this trust fund that they're pushing, um, some say it has been influenced a little bit by the Yazzie Martinez ruling that came out last year saying that the state needs to do more for Native students, uh, English as second language students, uh, low-income students, and at-risk students. Do you think that that's the case? I think that there is a lot of emphasis on early childhood education. Head Start is really important to to tribal communities, especially the ones that are really in rural communities, and it's really important to get those early childhood programs there um, and to get a push on education. And also, not only just Western education, but there's also a huge push from tribes and advocates and families and parents to include cultural sensitivity and also um, to incorporate Native traditional values and ideas in education because Um, What we know from history is that the Western education hasn't necessarily, um, it's part of, it's part of life today. It's part of, you know, it's encouraged and it's looked upon as a great thing to get an education and you'll hear tribal leaders and parents and advocates pushing for, you know, higher education, for early education, but also to keep in mind those native uh, traditional values and to really push for that to be included. And I think even Native American history, um, especially in the state, in New Mexico, where there is so much diversity and there's so much history um, here with the Pueblos and the Navajo Nation and the Apache tribes. Yes, I see that. I see that. Now, there's, um, there's the red flag law. 
that people are talking about. Um, I know that New Mexico is a, a very much a Second Amendment state. A lot of people have weapons out here, and they're responsible gun owners. Now, I understand that I, I believe today Virginia just passed the red flag law under a lot, a lot of scrutiny and problems. Is that necessarily an issue that is affecting the Native community? That combined with the proposal to take people who are an immediate danger to themselves and others to get their weapons away, is that something that that's an issue in the community? Well, of course, tribes um, make their own laws and they govern their people as they see fit. And you'll hear from tribal leaders that, um, you know, they want the best for their communities. And, and, of course, public safety is of top concern. So I think, you know, each tribe, it's up to them for their what kind of gun laws and gun rights that they have. Um, And then I think you would hear from tribal leaders that it's really important on the collaboration with not only the state government, but the federal government um, and also local government, because all of these will come into play when it comes to stuff, um, including uh, public safety and these different gun laws. Okay, I understand. I understand that you've been covering this for a very long time. Um, It's 30 days to get a lot done. A lot of these are budget measures. Uh, It's not a long enough time to really get into deep debate. What do you see of having the chance of surviving pretty much as is without any major tweaks? I think anything celebrating Indigenous people, Indigenous culture, we saw that with the historic move with the state to approve Indigenous Peoples Day and replacing Columbus Day, a move that is happening, you know, across the country. Um, So I think those, while there is debate and there can be controversy surrounding it, I think that um, language, including Native language and promoting and saving Native American languages, I don't see, you know, a lot of fight with that. I think a lot of these issues that are, you know, beneficial to the tribes. Um, It comes down to funding a lot of times. um, A lot of these issues, like, you know, other issues and other priorities Mm -hmm. is the funding and how to fund them and where is the funding going to come to. But again, going back to that collaboration, that tribes uh, need to know where they stand. And if this bill or this initiative is going to benefit New Mexico, how does the tribal part play into it? Not only for a tribal leader, but an individual tribal citizen, or maybe some of these Native organizations, um, whether it's funding or collaboration or sharing of ideas. Mm-hmm. I understand. I understand. Now, uh, a thumbs up or a thumbs down, the access, the openness, the inclusion that the administration has given to tribal leaders in the Native community thus far. Well, when I spoke with uh, Governor um, Vio from Acoma Pueblo, he did mention that, you know, regardless who's in office, all the tribes um, have these talks and it's key to, to be included in this. But he did mention that um, with having this, you know, the second year that they were looking forward to having, um, I guess, last year they had a day and a half with um, the, the governor and her administration. And, you know, I don't know how long each part of this meeting uh, was, but they're looking forward to the same type of inclusion this year. And again, it comes to that uh, responsibility of meeting and working together with uh, a sovereign nation with the government. Um, and so I think that you'll, you'll see that push for uh, making sure that there's open and clear communication. And also that's, you know, part of, the job of being a tribal liaison, as Secretary Lynn Trujillo is, is to work with the tribes and the state and get those talks. 
Okay. Awesome. That's wonderful. Well, we're going to see what happens in the next 30 days. She is Antonio Gonzalez, anchor and producer of National Native News and a correspondent for New Mexico PBS. I'm sure you and I are going to be talking within the next few weeks. Thanks again for joining me. Thank you. Well, all right. Episode four of Your New Mexico Government is in the books. On the books for state lawmakers, lots of important issues that will affect not only individual groups, but all New Mexicans collectively. Thanks again to Antonia Gonzalez for joining me. You can check out her show, National Native News, on 89.9 KUNM. And while you're at it, take a listen to Morning Edition on KUNM. Our own Taylor Velasquez is covering the controversial red flag law. That's the firearms risk bill that's being debated up at the Roundhouse. That's on Morning Edition starting at 5 on 89.9 KUNM. Your New Mexico government is a collaboration between KUNM, New Mexico PBS, and the Santa Fe Reporter. Funding for our legislative coverage is provided in part by the Thornburg Foundation and the New Mexico Local News Fund. Tune in tomorrow where we give you more. For KUNM, I'm Khalil A. Colonna. Your New Mexico government is produced by me, Khalil A. Colonna, and executive produced by Marisa DeMarco. Music by Pope Yes, Yes, Y'all.